Hello, iGaming Intelligentsia. Before we start today's podcast, here is a message from our sponsors. The iGaming Next podcast is made possible with the support from our sponsors at Pragmatic Solutions, leaders in intelligent platform technology. I've been working with Ashley, Lewis and the guys over at Pragmatic Solutions over the last year. And as the early supporter of this podcast, I cannot recommend them enough. The Pragmatic Solutions Player Account Management Platform is an incredibly powerful technology stack for today's gaming business. Their modern modular platform provides all the core services to power your business and their SaaS licensing model allows you to reduce cost and accelerate your strategic goals. Enterprise technology with decades of operational know-how at scale built in. Upgrade your business to the Pragmatic Solutions PAM platform. Visit www.pragmatic.solutions to arrange a platform demo. This podcast is brought to you by Kalamba Games, where they build the world's most engaging slots. To find out more about their hit titles, promotional tools, and Bullseye Remote Gaming Server, visit kalambagames.com. I have the privilege of being friends with several of the guys over at Kalamba, and they are fantastic. And I'm not saying that to be invited to one of their legendary office pool parties. Um, or maybe I am. In any case, check out kalambagames.com. This podcast is brought to you by sportsbet.io, the leading Bitcoin sportsbook that has redefined the online betting space by combining cutting-edge technology with cryptocurrency expertise and a passion for offering its players with the ultimate fun, fast and fair gaming experience. Go and check it out on sportsbet.io. Future trends, deep insights, industry leaders. This is the iGaming Next podcast with your host, Pierre Lindt. All right, Alex. How's it going? Cheers hey. to you, my friend. Hey, Pierre. Yeah. How's it going? We, uh, we, we don't have... Uh, gin and tonic in this but uh, maybe <laughs> who, next time who knows they don't have yeah. to know exactly what's in there right disclaimer yes <laughs> disclaimer disclaimer <laughs> mm. how's everything going buddy everything is good yeah very good i came to malta uh, on saturday going back on saturday very, very nice to see the island again yeah a little bit different because uh, uh there's nothing open basically no. and it's opening up uh, uh next monday but yeah. ve very nice actually to be back here yeah did you ever live in malta at some point yeah yeah like 10 years ago maybe but uh i think the longest i've done was one month or six weeks something like <laughs> that what wasn't neither like living living you know <laughs> well i'll tell you something alex in four days time i'm celebrating 10 years in malta wow yeah oh 2011 right yeah 2011 and every time someone asks me how long have you lived in malta and then I say, yeah, nearly 10 years. And then they say, wow. And that's how I feel in my head when I say it at the same time. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's been 10 years already. Yeah, yeah but that, I, 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 I think the, the island has been good to you, right? Ah, uh, yes, for sure. I mean, uh -huh. it's like uh, I started, you know, when I was like 17 uh, in this industry, like playing poker and these sort of things. And then kind of got to know a lot of people. But I always knew that I would end up in Malta. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I was here working as a poker reporter mm -hmm. 
um, before I moved here, like 12, 13 years ago. And, and uh, uh, I, you know, when you're younger as well, like you experienced Pacheville for the first time and yeah, the parties uh, and everything. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah how, can, how can you not, right? Uh, so, um, so I always knew that I would eventually uh, end up in Malta, but I didn't know that I would stay here for this long. I mm. don't think no one does when they move mm. to Malta, really. No, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, it's, uh, it's the case of uh, every migrant. Uh, I was reading something about it, I mean, 20 years ago, maybe. Uh, and my parents, when they moved uh, from Serbia to, to, to Paris, uh, they were coming for one year. The migrants they always come from, they always come from one year yeah. and, and then they 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 buried there at the end i mean they stay there they have kids they go on holiday in the in the uh, native country yeah. uh, I, I assume that's what you do and uh, they probably die there you know it's <laughs> it's typically the the, the uh, migrant uh, uh, thing you know yeah and uh, it was the same with our uh, our friend uh, igor he came, yeah. he came to Malta, our friend Igor Samaditsky, who used, uh, used to be the CEO of Nexus uh, Gaming Intelligence. He came to Malta, I think, something like 21 years ago or something like that. Yes, but he came, I mean, he came with his uh, parents, right? So they, they came with him, right? No, he, he came here as a refugee from, right. from Serbia. He right. came here as a refugee from the Serbian, um, from the... Um, uh, from the conflict that was in Serbia in the, uh, right. in the early 2000s or whatever it was uh, uh, to basically flee the war. Right, right. Uh, and he came here with nothing. You know, he didn't know anything uh, uh, whatsoever. And from there, his neighbor was Serbian as well. And his neighbor knew how to code websites. Mm -hmm. So uh, he taught Igor how to code websites. Mm -hmm. And that was his first step. So then Igor started to kind of offer friends or like as a service to call the website he didn't know what the hell he was doing or whatever uh, but then over time he got really good i mean mm -hmm. is just like he has that uh, that uh, immigrant mentality you know mm -hmm. like uh, yeah, yeah. they come from nothing and they mm -hmm. they know what it means to mm -hmm. come from nothing so mm -hmm. therefore they never want to experience that again yes and especially not only when i mean you come from nothing and you come from a war zone Yes, and uh, and you see that clearly. Uh, generation, the first generation after war, let's say uh, from the 1950s, they uh, 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 they've they've seen death, they've uh, they've experienced death, and the only thing they want to do when war is always they want to leave, mm. and they throw themselves uh, and entirely, completely in life, you know, and you have this beautiful. Uh, yes, generation, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and then the 90s. And it's just, we start falling, 2000, 2010. And I, I believe that there is this cycle of wars every, you no, know, maybe 100 years, something like that. And uh, uh, this generation today looks like a generation that's... Uh, that, uh, that that's going to enter in war. They, 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 didn't, they didn't see the war. They didn't. They, they, they don't know how lucky they uh, are uh, to have all these privileges. They they don't see that. Uh, uh, like uh, Peter Parker's uncle was saying, that uh, great power comes <laughs> with great responsibilities. You know, and, and uh, they're probably going to be the, the generation that's going to enter in war. And again, uh, another cycle is going to happen. 
Mm. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. It's almost like that uh, living close to war, you have the perspective knowing what it means to be in war. And, uh, you know, me and, and the, like yourself, obviously, we haven't uh, experienced that. And, and I think uh, therefore a lot of people have a hard time to kind of take it serious that things could ever change or mm -hmm. we have kind of lived in this flow of civilization which has always been good so therefore we think that things will always be good mm -hmm. right but uh, if we uh, if we learn anything from history we know that uh, that things never stay the way they are exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's interesting yeah to, to see but yeah Igor obviously um, you know a great, great friend of us uh, from from Serbia then and he you know he managed to take himself from the war mm -hmm. and uh, really build a really great life uh, mm -hmm. in in Malta, you know, and then eventually becoming the CEO of uh, of Nexus Gaming, and yes. he is one of the, I would say, one of the most brilliant minds of the gaming industry and I the I way he thinks. I completely agree with you. Yeah. I, I, and he's got a strong Maltese accent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> I, I, we were talking the other day. It's like wow. <laughs> Actually, he always got this strong Maltese accent, you know, since I, <laughs> since I know him, because probably he came here before before you, before me, before anyone. Even Swedes, I mean, there's a lot of Swedes that have been here for five years and they have this Maltese accent. Very, very, very funny to listen a Swede speaking with a Maltese accent, especially if it's a, if it's a, a woman, you would say, you know, you have a Maltese accent. And she would say, oh my God, no, 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 no. <laughs> Like it's not it's not like sexy or whatever. Yeah, he uh, got a strong Maltese accent, and uh, yeah, yeah, he goes, he's, he's, he's brilliant. He, he he really has an understanding of what gambling is. I remember he came something like four or five years ago to Barcelona uh, for one week, maybe two times, two times one week. I don't remember anymore. And we did a training with him. Uh, with my former uh, business partner Charles and we've learned so much I mean concepts that that were completely unknown to me like uh, exit coefficient what what the fuck is an exit coefficient mm -hmm. and uh, even today when I speak uh, with a lot of casino manager CRM manager that should know these kinds of concepts they don't know them so what's an exit coefficient you got a player that comes with 100 euro so you have, you, have, you have a bet to ratio balance that's also interesting. Uh, player comes with 100 euro and let's say pl play one euro a spin. The, the percentage is 1%, so which is fine, okay. Uh, if a player deposits 100 euro and play 50 euro per spin, you got a little problem, okay? Yeah. Now, what's the exit coefficient and why, why do you really want to know uh, 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 what it is for, for a casino manager is player deposits 100 euro and wins, let's say, 5,000 euro. So it's 50 times the amount of the deposit. And it doesn't withdraw. Ooh, that's really, really good. And then let's say his balance is going to go to 10,000 and it's going to withdraw. So you know that 50 times it doesn't withdraw, 100 times he withdraws. And you have other players, and I've seen a lot of them, they come, they deposit 100, and they have 120, and they withdraw. That's a 1.2 coefficient. So you, 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 I mean, you don't want this kind of players. Let's say oh, you have to be very careful with them. Hmm. And a lot of other concepts. I mean, uh, uh, we we could do a, 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 a podcast just uh, about that. Yeah. And actually, you should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I mean. I mean, with with ego. 
Yeah, yeah, that's definitely something to to discuss with uh, with Igor and and uh, like like you mentioned, he 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 used to travel to uh, to speak with sea levels of major organizations, yeah. basically to teach them what the iGaming industry is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And he is uh, he did it in a way that just um, gave uh, so clear insight into uh, kind of what the industry yeah. means and the different departments. And no, no, co completely. I remember. <laughs> I remember even uh, I mean having conversation about <coughs> collusion of players in bonuses. So, what you look when you make a bonus offer is is my bonus offer uh, ex exploitable by players? And you say yes or no, and then Igor start explaining me yes, maybe not by one player, but if there's one hundred player, it becomes in a way we stop, 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 stop. <laughs> we don't have players playing against each other; they all play against the house. I don't see a collusion here. They, they can't exchange money. Mm. How it works, explained me like 50 times. I, I never wanted to believe it. <laughs> and I, 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 I stay stuck. And I think that three years ago, 2018, I don't remember exactly, we opened the UK market. Wow, well, we lost more than a million in a month, month and something. <laughs> it was collusion. Wow. But now I understand, because I've, I've, I've felt the burn, all collusion works. Uh, 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 in casino with welcome offers. I won't describe it. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you go do it. Uh, but uh, yeah, you, you can have collusion. Actually, players playing together because they, they have an aggregate account on top of it. You just don't see it. For you, you see 500 players, but actually it's <laughs> one guy. So he can have a strategy and play very differently. You, you would see one player say he lost. No, yeah, he, he lost on this cluster. But he's gonna get the money back on the other one, and that's that. That's where it's gonna uh, bite you a lot. If it plays roulette 36 mm -hmm. times, the bet oof, that that hurts, <laughs> you know. So all the other one they lose, he's fine with that. And then he tries to go for the bonus money after, and he can get some money out of it. But the one that's gonna win 36 times the bet of 100 euro, mm -hmm. he's gonna make back his money there. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. Another concept also about probability uh, cycles of, I don't know, many two or three million spins on some slots and how uh, the impact you can have on an operation, stuff like that. Very, 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 very interesting concepts, yeah. really. Like, uh, how has that developed uh, through the years, uh, uh, Alex? You've obviously been in the industry for a long time when it comes to collusion and, and players kind of exploiting bonuses and, and so on and so forth. Uh, is that something that the industry is on top of these days, would you say? Or is there still a lot of exploits? I believe that the more you are in a regulated market, the more exploits you have. I mean, I, I, I've done both spectrum mm. of B2Cs. Uh, 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 MGA uh, operation, UKGC license, uh, uh, then Swedish license. Uh, I mean, the, the the closer you are to a player in this kind of jurisdiction, the closer you are to the big shadow that's behind the player, it's big brother that's here to uh, to defend him, which is nice. I mean, it's, it's okay. It's important that um, uh, players are protected. I mean. For me, actually, it's very important because we, we're dealing with, a, with an addictive product, okay? However, abusers, they know it too, and they're going to abuse the casino, and then they're going to blackmail the casino. They're going to say, ah, if you don't pay me my money, give me my bonus, blah, 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 
I'll contact the UKGC. And you would, uh, you could argue that normally you should not have any problem if you've done your things correctly. However, UKGC sometimes showed to be completely blind uh, to uh, uh, the problematics operator we're, we're facing with this kind of people, which are not people actually, they're companies. Uh, there's this guy called Ada Lovelace. Yes. His, his real name is Osric. I mean, the consultancy is called Ada Lovelace. It's yeah, yeah, uh, we've been in touch with them actually to uh, speak at some point. But yeah. very, very smart people. Uh, Osric, more talkative, Ed, uh, more, uh, more discreet. Both two genius, two brains. Okay. If you have ego on one side, uh, which is, I mean, a global understanding of the business and CRM, etc. When we talk about bonus abuse, exploitable slots, etc. I mean, these guys, they're really uh, uh, the, the best not in the industry. And I, I had extensive talk with them. They're really brilliant. So the big trend now, uh, uh, if, you, if you look at bonus abuse, basically it's exploitable slots. And one of the biggest uh, uh, way to uh, abuse a slot is the following. If you put a real bet, you have a real win. That's easy. If you put a bonus bet, you have a bonus win. Any normal player management system can deal with that. Okay, any wallet and, and bonus engine. Now, you have a lot of slots, uh, a lot of playing or slots, for example, but now I mean, the majority of the slots that are produced today work like that because obviously player like them. Is that you play with, you play on a slot and you will feed uh, a feature. You can call it an accumulative bonus feature. So I'll say like you have a scale on the side and you play, you play, you play, and you know when the scale is going to go touch up, then the feature is going to come up and then the big win is going to come because there's a high RTP through this feature. So what you do is that you play with bonus money. So you come, you have bon real and, and, and bonus, you first play with your real money because that's what goes first by, by terms and conditions. You win, you lose. That's act actually all we were exploited also. You go play with bonus money on slots that are this feature. You feel a slot with that. You close it. You open another one. You feel it. You close it. You open another one, etc. until you have this bonus money. Then you come back with your real money. You open back the slots and you apply plus a real bet. And then you're going to have a real win. But you filled that accumulative bonus feature with bonus money, right? And uh, uh, these guys, they do analysis every month and they show you how many slots are produced on a monthly basis with this feature. And I remember we've discovered that maybe four or five years ago and, uh, and, and you couldn't play on this slot with your bonus money. You were only playing with your real money. Uh, but a lot of operators still today don't know what it is, which, to be honest, uh, leaves me a little bit... Uh, I, I mean, I don't understand. You have brilliant people working in these big companies. They don't, they don't understand these basic concepts, you know? So it, it shows sometimes also... Uh, uh, th there's some kind of lack of knowledge in our industry. There are some people that know their shit, like Ego, like these guys. Uh, I mean, like many other people, but there, there is also a, a, 
a big chunk of people that are just running operations without really knowing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know, through the through the years, there's always been these kind of like famous uh, exploits that have been popping up and then got into the surface and then the fraud teams deal with it and so on and so forth. And I mean, I remember back in the 2000s uh, when during the poker boom, you know, and, and there wasn't uh, there wasn't that good knowledge within the organizations uh, what was happening in terms of fraud and not. And at that time, it was a couple of poker players professional poker players who uh, realized that um, when you move money from your main wallet to your poker wallet mm -hmm. uh, that uh, the, the the currency goes from euro to dollar yeah and uh, the currency was only updated once a day for example okay so, so you could predict uh, to which favor your yeah. uh, your and, and so you could just move all your money yeah. you know 11.59 to a certain account mm. and you know th this because at that time it seems so obvious now that mm. uh, th yes of course this is an exploit and of course uh, this is so obvious that uh, it's something that you should avoid but um, you know at that time the everyone was just kind of getting to know this new environment so there'll always be these like edge cases right mm. where like now there's uh, uh, this accumulative feature that mm. can be exploited yeah. and then eventually uh, you know you would hope that most operators uh, realize this but uh, yeah then there's always that part of the industry uh, who is lagging behind a bit uh, uh, i guess because this this knowledge generally isn't shared openly like we are like right now for example it is uh, you know ada lovelace and, and ed who are obviously um, talking to you guys informing you about it and then they are, they are informing the next client mm. and the next yeah. client and so forth but no uh, no nope. really yeah uh, no, i mean on our side i don't want to brag but i think we discovered it five years ago yeah basically when the the slots were coming up naturally and we blocked it on our side mm. um you i mean when you run an operation you see it mm -hmm. you cannot miss that we've seen it i mean with the few with the first playing of slots we were like oh oh, oh okay <laughs> i mean you, you 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 see these kind of things and yeah. there are many others like that, 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 that. so it, it gets more complicated where you have multi-product like sportsbook and casino because then you have different wallets you have different offers and they use an offer from the sports book go to bingo go to casino it's a nightmare okay but uh this kind of uh, accumulative uh, bonus feature or what, what we call hiding the money in the table i'm going to give you another example which is a yeah. little bit similar but very interesting uh, you should see it and when sometimes uh, we speak with with people from the industry and explain i said oh fuck uh, yeah but on the other side it reminds me of the conversation with ego when ego told me about this uh, collusion thing bonus uh, and i just couldn't grasp it until it happened to me so hiding the money on the table hmm. when you have the non-sticky bonus sticky bonus would be you put 100 euro real money you have 100 uh, euro bonus money it becomes 200 euro that has to uh, uh, have terms and conditions so it becomes bonus money that's sticky you don't want that uh, actually players today some players are asking for it so the, the the nice way to do it is you have 100 money real 100 money bonus you first play your real if you win something with your real money there is no uh, conditions is gonna apply and you can you, you, you can withdraw your money and you lose your bonus it's fine mm. you get 10,000 
you withdraw everything, you lose your own and lose your bonus. So what happens is that here the bonus money is made to uh, make your experience a little bit longer when you lose. So you got 100 euro, you lose them, and then you enter in the bonus money mode where terms and conditions, wage requirements uh, start applying. So what the guys would do, they would take 100 euro, go on a roulette, try to, I say try because now most of the roulette, they don't allow it, have a safe bet. So you don't play 50 euro on red and 50 on black, but you choose numbers that are going to compensate each other's. You do it number by number. So basically when you're going to do that spin, you are going to lose 137 times, which is the green, uh, the, the zero, okay? Mm. But it's a, sure, it's a sure bet. Yeah. So you put, let's say, 50 on black, 50 on red. You play, you close the game before you get uh, uh, the, 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 the answer from the sorter provider. So now your real money is not in the casino anymore. It's hidden in the table at the sorter provider server. The casino believes that the money is gone. And the players start playing with the bonus money. Can play with the bonus money, loses bonus, wins the bonus, whatever. But basically can play your bonus without engaging his real money. Because what's going to happen at the end, he's just going to open this table again, and the money is going to come back. He can withdraw it. And he played with bonus money. <laughs> you see? Yeah. That's a nasty one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People are uh, ingenious uh, with uh, with these exploits, and it just makes you wonder how many exploits are there that we wouldn't know about. Because obviously, these uh, these malicious players will obviously uh, spend a lot of time to yeah to find these exploits in the beginning, and, and uh, for the organizations to also find it, it's not a straightforward process, of course. True. Yeah, yeah, interesting to um, uh, to to think about and. Uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see what other exploits there will uh, come up from this. Uh, I think as well, you know, another just uh, on a similar topic in itself is, um, you know, what we're talking about here. I think is the more complexity that you build into your product, mm -hmm. uh, the more susceptible you are to uh, exploits, right? Because uh, the, the the more I complexity, the the less control uh, you have. So, uh, so on and so logically, forth. yeah, yeah. And um, not uh, uh, not a hundred percent related to the gaming industry specifically, although it is uh, related to the gaming industry too. But um, some trend that is, or not trend, I would say, but something that is emerging now um, after all the hacks that have uh, come to light lately. For example, the SolarWinds hack. I don't know if you are aware no. of this. Sol no. Okay, SolarWinds hack is something that everyone should be aware of it should be dominating the world news in general so the um, the solar winds hacks uh, was came to light at the end of 2020 All right uh, and it was basically a state-sponsored hack by the um, by the russians mm -hmm. who infiltrated this company called solar winds right uh, okay and the uh, solar wind so I'm, I'm gonna butcher some of the details here but essentially solar winds um is a company that provides it security to uh, most of the fts uh, not the FTSC, but most of the major organizations in the united states mm -hmm. uh, uh okay so pretty pretty much all of the major organizations that you that you know right and through the hack of of uh, solar winds they were able to uh, get access to data from all the clients right That's a, and still to this date it is unclear 
of the scope of the uh, hack. Mm-hmm. So we don't exactly know exactly how much information has been uh, accumulated, but mm-hmm. uh, but what we do know is that um, the um, the hack started somewhere in like uh, beginning Q1 of 2020, mm-hmm. and it went on. Un- undetected until a later part of the year right uh, uh, right so um so it's uh, it's well possible that uh, that uh, an insane amount of data from mm-hmm. an insane amount of organizations mm-hmm. have been leaked basically to this uh, uh, to the state-sponsored uh, hack and it's um uh, obviously a huge uh, scandal and, and mm-hmm. i really encourage you to look into it there's some really interesting podcasts and some really interesting uh, documentaries on this uh, mm-hmm. subject just to show the scope of this like i i'm i'm butchering mm-hmm. the explanation but uh, in in reality it's uh, it's by far the biggest uh, hack uh, uh, ever and um uh, and this basically opens the question uh, that uh, this hack and so many other of the hacks that uh, have come to light uh, you know facebook data has mm-hmm. leaked uh, other data has leaked and it 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 basically begs you to ask the question um like like how feasible is it as we go forward and we create more and more complexities in in our organizations Mm -hmm. to actually um, allow cloud solutions for example where is uh, where a lot of these hacks happen because in somehow you know you have to access the the um uh, the servers via some form of entry point uh, uh, right and and Mm -hmm. uh, um and no matter how much IT security you have, when you have much more, more and more complexity, mm-hmm. there's always going to be a vulnerability yeah. in, in the system. So the prediction now, or not the prediction, but the, the conversation has now started in the IT security community, is that is, um, is, is cloud solutions the future or mm-hmm. is the cloud going to die because of, uh, because of um, uh, IT security concerns? Like how do you, uh, how do you, keep your data safe as a large organization uh, if you can't even trust your IT security provider. But because in that context, I imagine that the cloud makes you more vulnerable? Exactly. So what the the discussion is like, can you isolate your uh, your sensitive data uh, from uh, from uh, Internet access, basically? Right. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, I see. Yeah. So this is some, something worth uh, thinking about in general, uh, you know, uh, obviously Agami industry is a highly technical uh, industry, but yeah. uh, this obviously goes for uh, any other uh, industry as well. But I, I really encourage you to, mm. to check it out. Uh, I will. Wins, uh, hack is super fascinating. Actually, yeah, I think I've, I've, heard, I've heard about it. I, I didn't dig dive into it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, our industries, I mean, yeah, we, we, we are a technological industry that moves money. Uh, mm. in and out I, I believe exactly. I believe we're the only industry and that's the the specificity of the the uh, transaction code 7995 that pays uh, its customer mm. I, I don't know any other industry that pay the customer I mean, I'm not talking about a refund yeah. I'm talking about the fact that money can come in and money can go out which which um, obviously raises issues in terms of AML mm. because you can mo- uh, loan the money yeah that, that's what we've seen uh, um, while well, 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 we're doing AML is that we see there's no AML problem until money co- goes out from the account. Mm. You have responsible gaming problem, but let's say UKGC would never tell you, did you do your AML checks on, on this uh, customer that spent, uh, I'd say, half a million if he didn't withdraw 
oh, they're going to ask you, did you do your uh, uh, responsible giving checks? Mm. But AML, no. However, you can have an AML check done at, let's say, 3,000 euro or pounds because 2,000 uh, went out. And that that's where it's it starts uh, being uh, uh, important to see money in, money out. So, yeah, as we're the only industry that has money in, money out, and as the money out depends on the outcome uh, of an event happening on a server, uh, it means a lot. Hmm. And I'm sure there's been lags, and I'm sure we don't know about them because if you're a big company, I would say software company that has been hacked, hmm. you won't talk about it. Oh. You don't want your customer, the operators, to know about it, that they lost money because of you. Yeah. And you see when they try to make it up. I mean, I'm an operator. I've seen this strange communication like, yeah, nothing happens, fine. Again. Yeah, man, I lost 100K. Nah, nah, it's okay. It's it's fine. The, the RNG was fine and it was not affected, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big companies. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, and smaller one actually say we well, yeah, we fucked up. Uh, this patient, if they take the money, here's uh, here's the <laughs> here's the money back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it's the same. I mean, there's been lots of examples in this in the wider tech world too, where uh, Yahoo was uh, was hacked uh, mm -hmm. as well, and it, and it took a long time before they came to the table and admitted that they were. Really? So a lot of privacy, uh, private uh, information leaked uh, without the uh, actual uh, customers knowing it for a long time uh -huh. uh, before they uh, had to kind of admit I, I, I think I remember that story. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, Facebook lately also. Facebook lately as well. I mean, mm -hmm. most of the uh, most of the tech companies, uh, I, I assume, are vulnerable in, to some certain extent, uh, yeah. obviously. And uh, it's just a, a matter of time, it seems, with uh, the, 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 the current, like, focus on speed and efficiency and uh, UX, UI and, and uh, removing friction for the, uh, for the, um, for the client and, and also operational mm -hmm. um, um, efficiency as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to be locked into having to, you uh, as the CEO personally have to travel somewhere to access a server or whatever. Yeah. You want to uh, mm -hmm. access wherever you are, if yeah. you are in Malta, if mm -hmm. you're whatever. And uh, I guess that is the conundrum because uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's that, um, choice that you're making as we go into the future is it like mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, efficiency versus safety mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. uh, and I think that they will emerge a bit of a, a battle between these two I mean people are really trying to solve it lately you, you can see with uh, cryptography because mm -hmm. it's all about cryptography at, at the end of the day where it's quantum cryptography where some people are coming at you with very very innovative solutions uh, uh, in in cryptography, I don't want to talk too much about that here, but mm. it's it's a whole subject. But yeah, yeah. At, at the end, it's going to be uh, everything uh, about cryptography. But again, when I look back at the at our industry, I mean, I'm a techie guy, so I understand APIs, and now I'm doing B2B, so I look at the APIs. How do we integrate softwares? How uh, uh, the the it impacts the wallets and the casino side, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you you see hackable things. I see them. I, I I can give you one example. That is very not known actually. Yes. Um, let me put it this way. When you open up a game, a player open up a game on his uh, on his computer on his phone, is not on the operator's website anymore. 
in moved to the software provider website okay this this object he opens html5 whatever it is is not located on the server or the operator so there is an api call from the software provider to the operator that say get balance give me the balance 100 and now the player is going to play and then put spin and let's say he can he want he can spin five five euros now if i in our terms and conditions we say you can't spin more than 10 euros let's say with bonus money there's no way for me to enforce it at this particular moment as an operator because i don't control this game okay however the spin goes the bet goes comes back to the player but right before it comes back the supplier is going to ask the operator get balance again because the player could have gone and move and play meanwhile on another uh, software provider and the first software provider wouldn't know it so he needs to know if 100 euro bet of 10 euro it's 90 euro come back there's zero should i put in the balance because i have the balance should i put 90 euros or should i put 95 or should i put one five and he asked for get balance and what we have developed a long time ago another uh, operator did that too in order to protect the player and to enforce terms and conditions within the platform if you say to a player you can't bet more than five euro per spin in bonus money he doesn't read the terms and conditions he plays win ten thousand euros like wow i'm so happy and then he said to, 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 no no ask for terms and conditions is money void blah 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 it's really very frustrating so what we did we enforced the terms and conditions in our old platform so if you would bet more than five uh, we would uh, limit you and how we would limit you as technically it's not really possible at this moment when the supplier comes back and say get balance we say it's we put zero and the error code which is not a proper record is insufficient found so the bet has been voided we cover this with a pop-up we say you bet 10 euro when you should have it five don't do it again <laughs> push the button meanwhile the game has been reloaded behind it's a beautiful experience i'm, I'm very proud of it yeah however now take this and think what can be done with that the operator cannot affect the rtp right actually he can with this principle uh, i have a completely different mindset and i'm going to use exactly the same mechanic player first depositor i don't know him he makes a bet of 10 or even five doesn't matter we, we're not in the same situation now and he wins ten thousand. i don't want this win to happen i do the same thing insufficient found i give back the bet and this big win disappears <laughs> so you're tricking the rtp you're removing every win you consider is too big for you as an operator to pay and very few people in the industry have the knowledge of that <laughs> i mean very few I, I would say very very few each time i talk about that with someone like oh fuck shit how is this possible <laughs> <Yeah>, it is <laughs> interesting yeah <laughs> yeah there's uh, different ways to uh about things yeah that's for sure yeah. interesting to hear if uh, others have uh, 
uh, I've had that uh, knowledge as mm. well to, to ask them to revenge into here. So, so I mean, uh, you know, on that point, and you mentioned uh, cryptography as well here previously. Um, what do you think about the uh, the blockchain of being a solution for the future of the industry? Do you think that it will be mainstream use for the industry to uh, look at blockchain solutions? Look, I, I don't think I would be a very good uh, uh, psychic here. Mm. That's that's what you called Robin this morning. How how do you say it? Mystic, Mystic Robin, Mystic, <laughs> mystic Robin. Ro mystic Robin. <laughs> exactly. All right, I'm not sure I'm going to be a good mystic, Alex, because um, <laughs> first when everybody was about mobile, I was like, shit, it came out. Uh, I didn't believe in mobile. I believe in VR. It's not here yet. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have a good track record of that. Okay? And uh, I like. I mean, I like the concept of blockchain, but it uses a lot of energy. Okay. Yes. It's very energy consuming, it's very slow, it's expensive. Uh, and cryptocurrency is, uh, is something I don't like. <laughs> However, I mean, especially since I, I'm in Malta, I'm meeting a lot of operators, they make shit lot of money with crypto casinos. Well, I mean, really shit lot of money. So there is a lot of crypto money that's entering in casinos. <coughs> It poses very big questions, especially in some countries, where where, does, where the money comes from and where does it go, especially when it's crypto. Mm -hmm. And when you start looking at the the, the um, where, where the, the flow of the money, uh, it's it's obviously questionable. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I, I'm I'm sure that you have intelligence agencies that are, that are following this money. Okay. Um, now, uh, your question was a bit different. You were not talking only about cryptocurrency, but blockchain. And uh, I think this Funfair Casino that has the, the 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 full platform, and the other Casino.io, I think the Russian ones, the uh, interesting company actually. Uh, I used to talk with them back in time. They are, they have the full thing. I mean, even the affiliation is smart contract. Each time a bet is placed, it's a smart contract, and here the money is taken, given to the guy, the developer, given to the affiliate, etc. etc. I love the concept. I love this concept that each bet is a smart contract, and then the money is, is shared between the, the the different people that uh, are coming here. So I, I conceptually, I love it. Hmm. Okay. I, I don't I, 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 I don't have the full vision of uh, uh, how it's going to be implemented and and where crypto is going. I mean blockchain. Now when you see the, the value of Bitcoin things like that, it's just it's here. Mm. I mean and look where we are, mm. right? We we are in the studio of uh, Chili's. Yeah, we were talking about that previously. Uh, a company founded by uh, Alexandre Fus. What's the market cap? Remind me. Two billion. No, two USD. fucking billion. Two fucking billion. <laughs> <laughs> two fucking billion. And, and it was, how much was it like uh, two months ago? A tenth of that. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, uh, I mean, I can close my eyes and I don't want to see it. It's still right there and it's growing, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it's good. I mean, I've got nothing against it. Is that like, philosophically, I didn't believe in it. I mean, I must admit, I, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, 
But it's here. I mean, it's right here. It's right here. It's so big. But why didn't you believe in it philosophically? Yeah. Because that's the whole ethos in that uh, community. It's almost like a cult. Like they have the whole philosophy made up for them how it's going to take over the world and so on. You're right. Actually, th there is a, 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 a story, a big story that underlines that. And it's very sexy. Mm. Yeah? Uh, there's no centralized power, blah, blah, blah. Look, it's uh, it's uh, Napster, it's Kazam at the beginning. I, I mean, then decentralized, okay? Uh, it's, it's it's exactly, if you think about it, it's Napster, okay? You you download your mu music, not from a server, but little pieces from uh, each computer. So it's it's even logical that it, it, uh, it, it goes in the flow of history, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Uh, oh. This goes and it costs me a lot of friends, okay? Okay, <laughs> go say. for it, Alex. <laughs> you have me still, it's okay. okay. You'll be my only friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. All right. So, back in the years, uh, you, you, had, uh, you were going in the shows, and you were seeing the, the casino people. And the casino people were, let's say, the most successful ones, okay? We, we, we were the guys that were making the money. And, and then uh, there was the Forex people, and then came the binary people. And I don't say they were not making money, but it, the product of a casino, or, or, or and you could include poker and bingo, is, is, is clean. Whatever you can say about it, it's what you see, what you get. There's no bullshit. I wouldn't say the same about uh, uh, forks and binary, okay? And basically what, what I was seeing is that all the people that were trying to make something in the casino industry and were failing were moving toward this industry, like cascading from casino to forex to binary. And then they moved to Bitcoin. And when I was entering a, a Bitcoin conference room, I, I, I could see them. I mean, it was them. Uh, cascading f f again there and, and crazy talks. I mean, uh, um, uh, yeah, it, it, it wasn't, uh, it didn't sound legit. It didn't sound serious. Uh, I had a friend of mine who was in that. I, I said, could you please explain me again how it works? And explain me again how it works. I said, look, I think you're smart. I think I'm smart. I usually understand things on the first time. You need to repeat me now for the fourth time. And this is like we talked about that for four or five times before. And I don't get it. Why can I not get it? And then he answered, oh, look, Alex, it's like a virtual reality thing. It's not there, right? Okay, meanwhile, yeah, you have to be there and have people embrace it because that's how it works. Okay, I understand. Fucking Pontishim or whatever. And uh, <laughs> Okay, 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 it's going to come later. And meanwhile, you have to sell the dream. <laughs> and that's how I understood it at some point. So now, is there an industry behind that? Oh, fuck, yeah, definitely. And is this going to become something real? It seems so. But yeah, to be honest, I feel like a dinosaur. I mm. feel like, oh, oh, I'm the guy that, that 
that, that uh, didn't buy the bullshit or just the dinosaur that doesn't want to embrace the change. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, future will tell. But, <laughs> we'll see. But maybe the, maybe the dinosaur could turn into uh, a forward-thinking dinosaur in the end of the day. Because I, I, you know what I think as well, I guess, and I, throughout my journey as well, in, I, I think the, the iGaming industry was exposed to the crypto world very early. Right, so a lot yeah. of the pioneers in the uh, in the crypto and blockchain space come from the gaming industry, as mm-hmm. you mentioned, and um, you know, so 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 we've been exposed to this for a long time, and I, I and a couple of years ago, um, you know, I would say like six, seven years ago, something like that, um, there were a lot of shady and questionable people who were the faces of of uh, this world, mm-hmm. uh, right, and and. Um, very extravagant uh, people who had a big voice and and very charismatic let's true, say true. but um but i think that's people, exactly that yeah but people like you you see through that mm-hmm. right so you see that these are just bullshitters uh, yeah. basically yeah yeah uh, and um it could be the, the case that they they were ahead of their time at, the, at that time it was just very early days you know mm-hmm. and uh the philosophy ended up being correct. You know, you, you heard people even back then saying that Bitcoin will will hit a million dollars and uh, or even a hundred k or even fifty k or ten k. You know, even even that was uh, absolute. Uh, you know, throwing the, the, the dream out there. The thing is that I think at that time the the whole crypto space was so volatile because mm-hmm. everyone assumed that eventually it will become. Eventually, Uncle Sam will put their foot down. And close this space down, you know, p- pretty much. Yeah, that, that's what I always thought. Yeah. And then you see all the the, the big companies and uh, of this world and big and banks going all in crypto when when they were saying, okay, this is all a scam. And yeah. two years after, I, I don't have the example if it's Morgan Stanley or whoever it is, they 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 full crypto now. Yeah. They they embrace yeah. it, and yeah. these guys were 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 were, were, were just. Uh, 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 saying oh, clearly there was a scam mm. so when you see that change happen mm. uh it uh, you 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 can't not see it i mean you, you need to accept it now it's part of this world yeah i i, I just think that you know in hindsight it's easy to say oh of course the crypto was always going to be the way it is today mm-hmm. but um like i said it's just it's just this narrow road that led it to where it is now because there were so many traps along the way yeah that uh, could have uh, severely halted the progression of, mm-hmm. of this space like uh, like uh, everyone was uh, assuming that uh, regulators would clamp down and there would be some kind of like you know, Black Friday type event where yeah. Uncle Sam just shut down the uh, the entire uh, online gambling industry in the mm-hmm. US in 2011. Um, but uh, that ended up not being the case. And, but I do think something which is important here is like, it feels that you're a dinosaur now because you have, there's been, you know, 10 years since uh, Bitcoin mm-hmm. was founded and so on and so forth. But I think that where we are right now, it's like internet, 1996 it, the internet is already in 1996 the internet had already existed mm-hmm. for some time mm-hmm. uh, but it was very very niche right and no one knew what to do with it okay. um, the expectation was that this is going to be much bigger than what it is now uh, we don't know why but uh, at the same time there was also a lot of doubters of the internet mm-hmm. uh, that this is just a fad you know i mean you've se- i'm sure you've seen the news mm-hmm. articles and so on and so forth 
So I think that it's easy to, whatever it is, uh, that uh, if you're investing in a company that has been doing really well, or you look at the crypto space, or I remember in 2011, where we had a discussion with the, one of the affiliate managers in Betson, mm -hmm. and we were saying, damn it, we should have been become affiliates, but now it's too late. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, I see, I see, I see completely your point. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think that this is a great time to enter the space and really no. think about how we can leverage this technology. Look, uh, at a very small level, yeah, uh, today I'm, I'm running a, an aggregation platform. We have added crypto and micro crypto uh, to our API. And uh, I'm even uh, I'm thinking about opening a, a new B2C operation, and I will have crypto. I will definitely have crypto. I cannot not have crypto. Mm -hmm. I'll be stupid because and I see the crypto money start coming into into the aggregation platform. There is crypto money mm -hmm. going running through. It's here. That that that's for sure. Uh, now the. I feel like a, a, a very slow follower here. Hmm. I'll do it because I, I cannot not do it. It's, a, it's like there's money on the table. I said, no, no, thank you. <laughs> and and it, it's been thrown into your face. I mean, it became one of the currencies uh, of, uh, of uh, our gaming industry. And, and one important one. A complicated one that you should really look at in terms of AMO. Really? <clears throat> but it's here. Hmm. Now, the next logic step is the blockchain uh, 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 platform and, and, and smart contracts uh, for, for slots. Because uh, a, a lot of this, <laughs> you see what I'm going to say, a lot of these kids, because they're young. These guys are young, the one that use crypto in the casinos. So a lot of these kids, uh, they, they don't trust the software provider. They, they need a game that's blockchain-based. They need to see the hash codes. They, 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 they want to be able to track the transaction and to know that it's also a blockchain uh, platform. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's the transparency that it uh, exactly. brings down, uh, down right? And the, the transparency and the fact that it's not centralized and nobody yeah. owns the, the thing. Yeah. And yeah. everything is, yeah, as you said, transparent. Everything is open. You can see the code. You can see yeah. you can see the contract. You can see exactly how it works. It's exposed to everyone. However, I was, I was talking with, with, with a crypto guy the other day. He said, yes, and that's uh, the theory. Practically, they, they, they hide it. And even so now, crypt, some crypto casinos, they're, they're playing with the players. So basically what they do is that instead of giving the hash code for each transaction, they will give it for the next five transactions once the player asks it. So it's not given by default, it's given per request of the player for the future five, next five transactions. So you see, uh, even in the crypto world, they start going uh, uh, around. Yeah, but uh, I, I'm guessing that uh, this is also natural progression of things where um, where at the end of the day, the most reputable uh, providers in this space will prevail in the end of the day. Those who, uh, who are legit, those who are open, those who are transparent, uh, eventually the players will still choose them, I would hope. You, but yeah, but then you could say the same thing about um, non-crypto, the, the beauty of crypto, oh, and uh, the beauty of blockchain, is that uh, it's it's uh, it's 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 uh, transparent and decentralized by design 
and that's what you want to keep if you need to add layers on top of it because people are tweaking it that's when it starts losing its purpose yeah the purpose it has, it has to be like that by design yeah and if, if we start relying on the fact that the good guys are going to do their job then we go come back in the normal world and yeah uh, I, I listen to myself i sound like a, already a blockchain crypto advocate you know <laughs> <laughs> but if, if i mean if we go down that route and if we look we'll look at that this way that that's how it should be you know mm -hmm. we should not rely on on companies people whatever we should rely on the platform mm -hmm. yeah, yeah exactly uh, that, that's the beauty of it i mean uh, in in, uh, in 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 the theory that's the beauty of it i i don't know what you think about I'm, I'm not very um, an expert in that. The 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 energy that uh, it mm. uses, the mining, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, I mean, the the heat it produces, the, the 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 crazy amount of information that's out there. Yeah, this is uh, something I've been thinking about as well in general. So, uh, what you're referring to, I mean, for example, to uphold the uh, Bitcoin blockchain is uh, taking the same energy consumption as like Denmark uh, that what Denmark is consuming as a nation mm -hmm. in energy that is mm -hmm. what it takes to uphold the, the blockchain as it stands right now and this is obviously just becoming bigger and bigger and bigger mm -hmm. and uh, so you could make the argument that as we go into the future uh, Bitcoin and, and, and other blockchains are uh, some of the uh, biggest uh, polluters uh, or, or cause of pollution in in the world for example mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, obviously a massive uh, potential issue of the of the blockchain and especially as we now go into a future where more and more and more of the dialogue uh, happens around the environment and sustainability in in general mm -hmm. so uh, it will i i don't know how you know because this this two conflicting philosophies then yeah. you could say that are colliding against each other where mm -hmm. like the Bitcoin community has like a cult following, you could say, who will defend Bitcoin to the death. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you have the environmental uh, side as well, who uh, obviously are also um, very deep into uh, into the um, uh, into the belief that we need to save the environment. Mm -hmm. And you have these two conflicting uh, uh, sides that are meeting. And mm -hmm. what will come out of that is another mm -hmm. challenge, mm -hmm. let's say, just like uh, with Bitcoin facing the regulator. Mm -hmm. what, what what do you think will happen, uh, Alex? I got no clue. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm not sure I'm the best person to talk about uh, uh, a, a Bitcoin blockchain. Uh -huh. But no, I got no clue. I, 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 I know that the, you have these big servers that are uh, buried uh, in, in, in some very cold places or in the water. The mining servers uh, to uh, dispense the heat, you know. Mm. <coughs> I've heard uh, manipulations of the platform uh, done by uh, uh, governmental agencies like China, okay, mm. uh, uh, and how they can heavily impact it. Uh, uh, I, you know, I, I, f I feel almost like the guy that you would say, look, you don't need your CD anymore. You have your music online on, on Napster and today with Spotify. It's decentralized. It's not physical anymore. Mm. You don't even need to have it on your phone. Mm. You access it. Uh, it's streaming each time you listen to it. Why Why download it? Just maybe if, if, you, if you don't have access to, to data. Uh, but we're, gonna, we're not even talking about that. We say 
you have a CD or you have it in your back in time was an iPod, I think. And then the next step will be you don't even have it in your iPod, you access it each time on a server like cloud based. And people say, no, 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 I want my CD. I mean, it's, it's, it's physical. I, I have it here stored next to the other CD and the other CD and I can touch it like a book, you know. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's a little bit the same thing. You, are, you had an economy that, 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 that was based on gold, the gold reserves that the bank had and that we know now they may not have anymore. And this completely decentralized uh, <coughs> uh, money. Mm. And you think yeah, it could just disappear. Mm. <coughs> Sorry, but um, it's exactly the same thing that you have. Uh, in, a, in a banking system I mean you see that you have let's say 100,000 in your account it's just a line on the computer yes. you know there's no gold behind it anymore but like still it's still it's centralized and now we're going to decentralize it's, yeah. it's uh, it, it seems like, like like the CD thing and the fact that you have it now non-physical on your phone or whatever and then you don't even have it it seems that each step forward it's step we, we, we move forward we're going toward more dematerialization, more digitalization. It's, it's very challenging for, uh, let's say, normal human being. Mm -hmm. That each step forward, it's like you're moving toward a uh, ethereal dimension <laughs> where nothing, you can't hold anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly but but uh, this is uh, interesting because it uh, uh cheers by the way uh, alex uh, yes. we're having a great time uh, uh, here today it's nice to have you here man yeah this is a very good vodka yeah thank yeah, you yeah, very yeah, much yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> cheers to you my friend cheers cheers it's good to have you here mm. but you know it goes mm. uh, to a much deeper question mm. which is uh, the fact that like what what do we as human beings uh, attribute as value like what is value to us mm. so you mentioned gold for example yeah and we have this innate belief that gold is worth a lot of money yeah but let's go back to first principles why are gold worth a lot of money and it's not really because of the material it's not its properties special. no it's not its properties it is uh, <laughs> it, it is because the scarcity Right? Yes, exactly. So you can make an argument that water is a lot more important to have in your life yeah. than Obviously. gold. Yeah. yeah, but water is not worth um, mm. the same price as it is uh, in gold. So, yeah. so it is the uh, it is the scarcity that creates mm. the value, and it's not really the physical entities in this. So, a gold is quite interesting because um, only one tenth of the gold that we have dug up uh, in the world mm -hmm. is used for. Um, for technology pieces or in your electronics and so on and so forth. Yeah. And 90% is, is held in storages, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, so, so only a tenth <coughs> of the, the gold reserve is actually used for something of value. Other than that, it's only based on the, on the scarcity itself. So that is where, th that is kind of the, um, like when you, when, you, when you realize that, mm -hmm. that it's just the scarcity that creates the value and mm -hmm. not the physical property, mm -hmm then it starts making a little bit more sense why Bitcoin, uh, why there is any form of value in Bitcoin, because right. it is essentially the same thing, right? Completely. The only difference is that in Bitcoin, you can provably 100% know how many Bitcoin there are today and how many Bitcoins there will ever be. 
So the scarcity is 100% predictable, okay. uh, which uh, makes it easier for us to attribute the value because we are safe knowing that it's not going to be, you know, 100 million Bitcoin entering the market uh, tomorrow by mm. surprise. Mm. Whereas gold, you, there is an assumption how much gold there is and there is an assumption how much gold we will find. Mm -hmm. But an interesting fact about gold is that most of the world's gold is um, uh, how do you say it's um, uh, it's grinded down uh, okay. uh, into very to to atoms basically in the water, right? right? Okay, uh, gotcha. so, so so we have something like I think something like ten trillion dollars worth of gold. Mm -hmm. That is what we can gather right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the in the seas of the world, there is something like two hundred trillion dollars worth of gold very interesting uh, but it's uh, it's um, spread out yes. uh, in, in 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 molecules basically and in, 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 in gold so you could make the argument that like one day uh, we can invent a machine the that technology is sift yeah. sifting up this to harvest it yeah yeah to and, harvest the, it. and then gold will be <coughs> completely uh yeah uh, and then it's not like the market cap will all of a sudden be uh, you know 300 trillion it will uh. obviously collapse the gold yeah. will be much uh, cheaper right so uh. so you could make so this i think is the community of bitcoin this is the argument that they are making is that bitcoin is uh, uh is a lot more safer as a, as a store of wealth for the long term than gold for than even gold for example interesting yeah yeah mm. a lot of uh, nuances mm. uh, you know to think about and uh, uh, and it really like it's a rabbit hole you know the mm. the uh, the blockchain and crypto space and diving into it uh, it's really makes you question uh, the the beliefs that you have of uh, how human beings attribute value to something or mm -hmm. why it is important for us to feel that we have ownership of certain things which right. is which is where nfts comes in for example completely where <coughs> like why is why do i attribute like why do i pay a lot of money f just for the bragging rights of saying that i own something where uh, in in the case of a digital art piece for example mm -hmm. when anyone can just copy it you know but uh, still people do it yeah then you have a case here that's uh, interesting to to compare uh, we we know for example that for offices uh the nomad office that were really hype uh, during these past 10 years so basically what you would have you have 100 people working in a company you have 50 desks okay and especially now with covid when people don't come to the office every day <coughs> You, you can reduce the real estate okay mm. because the office never uh, full the desks are a nomad which means that anyone can sit on any desk okay uh, you have your little box you open it, you have your computer whatever you take a desk and you go so it it forces you also to clean the desk at the end of the day before you go okay so what i found out after years of study is that first of all people feel very depressed they don't own the space. There's not the picture of uh, uh, your family, your cat, your dog, whatever, your little plant, something. You could argue it's not important, actually it is. For the well-being of, of a human being, uh, it is very important. The cleaning thing at the end is also problematic because <coughs> uh, all this mess that's here uh, uh, maps a mental structure, an internal mental structure. So when you would come back the day after, and you're working on that project and you have these little post seats etc etc and we know that from the scrum methodology that what works the best 
is not to use the softwares, it's to have post-its on a wall. That's what works the best. <laughs> uh, we are physical creatures that live in the 3D or 4D environment, if you want to take the time. Uh, we need that. So when you're going to come back at your data center, you're going to see your message, oh, that was that, and it maps something in your brain. Okay. So, and I was saying that half an hour ago, that it's more and more challenging because everything is becoming uh, uh, more dematerialized and more digitalized. <coughs> Maybe there's something to think about that. How human beings, uh, how do they cope with that? Is it healthy for us to have this level of dematerialization? And maybe it's not. Uh, and, and, and maybe we knew, do need to touch the things. And, and actually, you have these meditation techniques for people that have anxiety. And the, the first thing they say, okay, you touch something, you taste something, you smell something, you see, you listen. You use your five senses to experience something. And that <coughs> allows you to uh, root you in your body, okay? And it calms you down, and, and then you don't feel that stressed, okay? Uh, and uh, I believe that uh, <coughs> stress in, in, in humans come a lot from not being able to physically connect with, let's say, the human experience. And, and then they just go away, and, 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 and they, they feel bad. So you need to ground yourself. Okay. Uh, maybe that's an argument uh, toward uh, this big movement of dematerialization, uh, uh, but we, we're going to see it. It's it's very hard, I think, to predict, but it's it's something uh, I'm sure people like. Uh, um, what's his name? Yuval Harari, uh, uh, the, the 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 modern philosopher, Sapiens. Sapiens. Uh, it's Yuval Harari, I think. Yuval, you uh, Harari. Okay. Right? I, I haven't read the Sapiens, but I'm super uh, okay. curious to read it, actually. But yeah, 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 uh, give, give a brief. <coughs> Sorry, I'm sure this kind, this kind of guy uh, 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 has some thought about it because it does impact us deeply in the way we I experience this reality. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, I'd love to, uh, to check that book out, actually. Uh, there's one of those that's on my list that I haven't gotten to. Uh, uh, I got into it yet. Is, is that one of your favorites? Uh, to be honest, I bought it. I didn't read it. It's, it's there. And actually, I brought your book. I forget I forget to, to, to bring it right here. Oh, really? And, yeah, I need to give you the book. It's called uh, Last Call. Last Call? What's it about? Last Call from Team uh, Powers. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a story. And uh, it's. I think uh, I've talked to you about that before. It's, uh, it's a story. It's a little bit if you mix like Casino and American Gods. Oh. So there's mythology and there are gods that are here in the shadow and uh, but in the modern world. So it's in Las Vegas and there's this guy mm -hmm. playing poker and he hears about he needs money <coughs> and he hears about these guys that are playing poker with tarot cards. So yeah. you have all the symbolic and mysticism behind tarot cards. So imagine playing poker with tar tarot cards. Right? Yeah in their relationship with some gods or whatever they are. And the book is just crazy, it's amazing. I mean, th there's a really crossover between gambling and uh, 
uh, deity or like like you have it in in American Gods. It's a very very interesting book. Super interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to to. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I need to give it to you yeah. because I don't want to take it back to Barcelona. So yeah, I, yeah. Brought, I brought it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we we're gonna see each other tomorrow again. Actually, so that's yes, uh, that's indeed. perfect. Um, I mean, s staying on that topic a bit on the um, kind of philosophy plus gambling. Uh, a bit. I think it's an um, interesting topic uh, as well. Um, how do you view the gambling industry from a philosophic uh, point of view? What does <coughs> gambling mean to you in general? And why is it that human beings respond so enthusiastically uh, about betting money on an uncertain event? There's a lot about gambling. Uh, uh, it's it's something that's very deep uh, uh, barely uh, it's untouched uh, very few people f uh, from our industry ask themselves what is gambling it's like something that's hidden in plain sight uh, the, the the magical and sacred nature of it so <coughs> where to start I mean if, if you think about how human beings used to live before we used to die a lot. I mean, we were dying from anything. Life was dangerous. Uh, this period in human uh, known history, uh, almost 100 year, 100 year without a war, a big war. <coughs> I mean, involving all humanity. There, there of course, there are wars. Uh, but it's the most peaceful period we, we've observed. So. You don't know a lot of people around you if you look at, at your life that died from something strange, except then a cancer or something, and maybe a car. Or, but they, they, people around you don't die on a daily basis like they used to do before. People were dying a lot, you know. So we don't have this threat of dying, and that's the ultimate gamble. I mean, you go out, you don't know if you're going to come back tonight, which is still true today. I'm not sure I'm going to go back to my hotel tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's how I live every day, you know, every day. I, I, I'm, I'm very grateful when the, 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 the end of the day comes and I'm still alive. Yeah. Uh, so human being is for millions of years been used to die. Okay. And even the one that survives and passed their genes, they used to die. They've seen death. Okay? And now we don't see death anymore. You say, okay, it's cool. Now, actually, maybe it creates a stress. Uh, and Jordan Peterson was talking about that. He was saying <coughs> the generation of young men today, they're very distressed because they don't have nothing on their shoulders. They don't have a family to hold. They don't have a purpose. They have nothing. At the moment you give them a purpose, they feel alive again. It's like these kids in Ireland, they're in the streets, uh, they, 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 they live from uh, 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 stealing, etc., etc. You give them a horse, because there are a lot of horses in the streets of Ireland, and then they completely change because they have to take care of another uh, living being, okay? So the sense of purpose, the sense of having something on your shoulder, the sense of there is a stake on the table. If you remove the stake, Actually, it's funny that the word 
I use it's steak. It, if you mm -hmm. remove the steak, that's the fact that you can die at any moment, you may create, in a very counterintuitive way, you may create stress. And some people will need that stress, will need to put again uh, 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 the, the guts on the table to, to feel that thing. Okay? And, and, and that's what gambling would be. In, in, front, in French, we call that ordali. In, in, uh, it's, a, it's a typical word. You are, we have it in English too, ordeal. <laughs> Basically, it was a, a way of judgment of God. You would say, this woman is a witch. Okay? We're going to put you in fire. All right? And if you're not a witch, you're going to survive. And if you're rich, which you, you're going to burn. Or we're going to throw you in water, and et cetera, et cetera, with, of course, stones around your feet. Uh, and <clears throat> it's the divine judgment. And that's exactly what the player is experiencing. He's putting his destiny in the hands of something bigger, whether you call it Lady Luck or, or whatever. So uh, in that way, uh, players that gamble they if you look at poker players that are, that are more players that that, that are a skill and poker players they look down on gamblers but the gambler he doesn't want to have a skill doesn't need a skill it's his identity that makes him special he deserves to win he's a kind of sign of son of god or whatever he deserves that big win okay that's why actually when a player doesn't win a real gambler, he feels really bad about it because it, it questions its own identity. And now to get back to something maybe more <coughs> uh, understandable about gambling, it is the only uh, 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 setup, the only game that affects you once the game is finished. So if you play Monopoly, you're, you're a kid, you play with other kids, there's money involved, you lose and you feel really bad the 10 minutes or one hour after. You lost this money. And it, it goes away, you know? It vanishes. In gambling, it doesn't vanish. It, it really affects you. You were playing a game, and when you got out of that game, you win or you lost money, and that affects you in real life. That is very powerful. There is nothing else that does that. And before, yeah, they would do it with a gun. I mean, uh, 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 and, um, uh, a Vietnamese uh, soldier were doing that with American soldiers when they were prisoners, you know? <laughs> I, I don't know the name of the movie in English, actually. I think it's with Marlon Bondo. And they, they, you know, the Vietnamese uh, uh, guards, they, they give guns to the Americans' uh, prisoners with just one bullet. And they give it to them. And they make fun of them like that. <laughs> because at some point, they're going to die. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, actually, at some point, they're going to die. No, the, the one that's dying is giving life to the other one. Because once one is dead, the other one can go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there, there's something uh, uh, quite mystical about, uh, about gambling. And you could have another setup. That was described, uh, we talked about that by Alan Watts, where basically, uh, actually it's funny because you took uh, uh, this, uh, this speech by Alan Watts and, and you have it in, in, in one of your, 
your your uh, teaser video of uh, <laughs> yeah that's crazy when 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 you show me that I was like fuck that's 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 good. It was a good. It was a good teaser. Yeah, good. It, was a good it was a good teaser. <laughs> so yeah, basically, what Alan Watts said is, he says, "I wonder, I wonder." You know, with this very deep magical voice he's got, saying like, "Well, what do you wonder, Alan?" <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me, <laughs> tell me what you wonder. Yeah. Uh, very good storyteller. Story <laughs> so he wonders, he wonders, what, 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 what could, what would we do if we could uh, dream of a life? of 80 years old lifespan during a night of eight hours. So you close your eyes, you have eight hours and you dream. And this dream lasts for 80 years. And then when you wake up, it's just eight hours. Okay. And he says what you would do, you will build worlds and you will travel around these worlds that you will be like Minecraft thing, you know, like video game. And then you break them and then you make wars and then travel again and then you fall in love and then you travel again with her and and you experience all these beautiful things and at some point uh like kids who would want to take it then further you would make a bet and he says he says this you will make a bet and that would be that you wouldn't know that you're playing that will make it so special that if someone i mean if, if you lose an arm in the game you, you lost an arm it, it hurts you feel the pain uh, if she dies she dies for real it's not just that she's dead it's my partner in the game that's dead no no she dies it hurts you and you will feel the things and you will pretend to not be the god you are and where would you be you would be exactly where you are now yeah so how can you relate that to gambling actually you can relate that to virtual reality because the future of virtual reality is exactly that and i've spent a, a lot of hours in vr at some point you don't distinguish vr from uh, from reality and actually vr looks more real than when you take off the goggle but what happens also is that you have this distanciation of the self you you start taking distance with your own with alexa alexander I, I look at him i'm like what the fuck is he doing etc etc you distantiate yourself and you also distantiate yourself from reality that's very weird it, it's known and it, it's not just me it's the studies so the distantiation for the self is quite common the other one is a little bit weirder <clears throat> is that okay take off your goggle okay it doesn't look real anymore but then days the pass you're like is this real what I'm living right now? Because the experience in VR is so strong that you start questioning the real life. And actually, in the 60s, they made this um, uh, uh, experiment with kids. So they, are, they had this uh, uh, Wednesday thing, you know, and they, they were playing tennis, football, blah, blah, and they were playing with whales. How do they play with whales? Actually, in VR, in the 60s, they're like TVs on their eyes you know this was the first VR setup and when one week after uh, the uh, experimenter Dr. Weber came to talk to the kids said, okay could you tell me what you did that day this that that and the whales and for the kids it was real after one week means that on the moment they know it's not real but then 
your memory is going to create souvenirs, memories that your brain is going to create these souvenirs that you, you think it's real. And actually, this blogger, three or four years ago, he did that. He went in VR on the beach. It looks so real. Oh, it's so beautiful. It's so real. He knows it's not real. So he was recreating that experiment. And then he made another blog video one month after. He said, I just want to tell you guys that for me now, when I think about this moment, it's exactly the same thing that is I've been on the beach. So what Alan Watts describes about a God dreaming, blah, blah, blah. Okay, there's time distortion. That may come to. Okay, why not? Uh, it's not that science fiction. It's 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 not something like it's coming from another dimension and it it's our future, but like not fifty years, maybe twenty. I don't know. It's it's close. It's it's here. You know. So why the relationship with gambling? Because here, what you do, you are in a setup that technologically allows you to forget who you are in order to. Uh, 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 get a, uh, uh, um, better, deeper into the simulation to believe that the simulation is real. You don't need that with gambling. You don't need to believe it's real through the proxy that money is and that is used in the game and that is used in real life. It does affect you in real life whether you believe in it or not. Because in the video game, like, oh, she, she, I lost money in the video game. Yeah, I give a shit because when I get out of the video game, I, 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 I have that money, you know? So you need to believe that it's happening for real. Yeah, no. You lose your money for real. <laughs> and that money comes from the real world. It's going to hurt you when you go back there. And that's the beauty for me yeah, yeah. of gambling. That's, yeah. the, that's, the, that's, that's what it brings. So you, you could argue... Could we do it more gently, softly, so it doesn't hurt that much? Responsible gaming, etc. And I would argue, yes, why not? I mean, I want to go into a monetized society where people, uh, player will lose no more than 50 euros per, 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 per month and they will engage not only with the, the house, but against each other. And there's not this setup where they play against the house, where they play against their friends, together with their friend against other people. And the house, like in a poker tournament, is just organizing the event. And, and I like very much this idea that the house is not the opponent of the player, they just organize, organize events. And you can do that with casino games, slots, tournaments, etc., etc. And all this is nice. We went from we went from uh, risking our lives, we are about to die, to ooh, losing money burns too much. So, and then we want to lose even less. That's fine. I mean, let's do it. It's okay. But uh, I think as I said once, one time too, it's like somebody would come to me and say, okay, I want to have this mushroom experience, or this Awayashka experience, but could you make it please that it's not uncomfortable? No. I can't do that. The purpose of it is that it's fucking uncomfortable. It's going to fucking hurt you. And that's how you're going to grow. <laughs> and so is gambling. It has to hurt you. It's like when you go to the shrink. The shrink tells you, you need to pay me because otherwise the tariff is not going to work. Thank you, Mr. Freud. You create a business. But it's true. <laughs> because if you don't pay the shrink, 
you can just wander around, you know, da, da, da. No, when this hour or 45 minutes, because they put 45 minutes now, is <laughs> 60 or 80 euros, believe me, you're going to work. You're going to work your ass. And it's exactly the same. It needs to hurt. Now, how much? That's the question. Yeah, and that is uh, at the end of the day uh, the, the question uh, from from the organization's point of view, uh, what responsibility they um, want to have for the players. But I think um, I, I think your uh, your explanation here, what kind of gambling means to you and what the thrill of gambling comes from, is very very interesting. I mean, um, you you talked about Alan Watts and his uh, and, and his uh, speech about uh, the dreams, and I, I think also that it alludes a little bit to the fact that if we could create a dream world uh, the way we wanted to like you're saying at the beginning we'd do all these experiments we'd create perfect worlds and so forth and even in the movie matrix which is also deeply rooted in in um, uh, philosophy it is the previous matrix x were based on perfect worlds where everyone was maximum happy but uh, at the end of the day the human experience what we crave uh, is uh, volatility it's a very good example actually yeah i remember the the agent smith saying that to uh, <coughs> neo yeah that the, in the previous version of the matrix everything everybody was happy etc etc yeah. it was a disaster it, it, <laughs> it, didn't, a disaster. it didn't work out yeah and um, <coughs> this is deeply rooted in the psychological fact that if you would play we can relate it to gaming if you would play a slot machine that will give you a win every time Mm. that you play so mm. every spin you win mm. uh, twice your money mm. and uh, you think wow that's incredible mm. uh, you know you just play this machine day in day out mm. um, but actually if you study the um, psychological effect in in uh, endorphin kicks and uh, from playing such a game versus you play a game which is volatile sometimes you win sometimes you lose mm. the human brain reacts much stronger towards the game with volatility mm -hmm. that is uncertain yeah. uh, right so yeah. so um, people seek themselves to uh, activities where the outcome is unknown mm. you can either win or you can lose mm. when you win all the time i mm. mean you, we know this from life in general if mm. you play tennis uh, against someone that you win against all the time tennis becomes boring at the end of the day mm. And because we get used to this experience and, uh, and uh, it becomes uh, something that is just static, right? Mm. Um, so we are innately programmed as human beings uh, for volatility and to... Uh, and, and, and uncertainty. And uncertainty. It's, yes. it's known in music, for example, they, they, they've studied that the best music, the people react to some music. So they have this predictable pattern. And then the third time... Na, 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 and it changes and it fucks up the brain the brain's like wow what fuck fuck it should have been that no it's this <laughs> and that's the uh, the songs the music that ranks higher when when then then uh, they, they do the study and they ask people which which one you like the most yeah. was the one that was had this predictability thing and then changed it mm -hmm. and and uh, you could also say that when when you raise kids or when you grow up as a child um and uh, you become successful uh, uh, later in life. Uh, there's a saying that goes, um, show me a successful person and he will show you a rough past. Mm -hmm. um, because mm -hmm. uh, nearly all the time, people who grew up 
having to face difficulties mm. that is the way you grow yeah. right you don't grow uh, by just uh, having a lukewarm life and not yeah. being posed uh, towards challenges you 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 grow from uh, having to face challenges so maybe this innate trait that we have in us in, in human beings that we that we seek uncertainty yeah uh, and that we are drawn to it maybe mm. that is because at the end of the day that is how we grow as Comple human beings completely. and we become stronger as yeah. human beings completely i mean i, I couldn't agree more I, uh, there's this book written by this this young guy called simland it's called uh, stronger by stress so you analyze all the stress factor that makes you grow and would be caloric restriction fasting uh would be sport uh would be um sauna you know which is uh heat heat restriction i mean uh, cold temperature I mean, there's a lot of them uh, pressure gravity whatever uh emotional uh, uh stress also uh taking mushroom is an emotional and uh, i mean psychedelics an emotional and spiritual stress uh, i mean you're, you're close to a psychotic break and I'm not talking about nervous breakdown, nervous breakdown, oh my God, I can't anymore feel the pressure. No, a psychotic break is like when the fabric of reality is just vanishing in front of you and you don't even know if you're a human anymore and if this world exists, you know? And and, and I think this, this kind of experience, they make you grow. And gambling is part of it. Hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. funny. I mean... I'm not trying uh, to to find a, a a beautiful purpose, because I mean the industry has, has to do something also uh, about that. Gambling is one thing. Then after all, the, the, the how we handle the play and funds, the bonusing, etc. It's not the story. The fact that some operators are not very ethical, it's another thing. But the na the true nature of gambling. Uh, 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 as something sacred and, and is one of these stress factors that uh, what uh, doesn't kill you makes you stronger and uh, but for anything like sport or, 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 or fasting for example you need to be able <coughs> to take the right amount of stress that's gonna make you grow without breaking you mm. yeah exactly uh, you, you need to evaluate that before and yes. then Yes, yes, exactly. It's, it's the the key. I think Jordan Peterson talked about this as well. It's the fact that uh, you want to, when you raise raise children, and for example, you want to expose them to to stress, mm. but but uh, just below the the uh, the threshold for them to break. Basically. Yeah, yeah. And that is where like the Goldilocks zone is for growth. At the yeah, end of the day, exactly. you want to be in that zone as much as you possibly Ex can. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that that's <coughs> you, that's what you call the flow zone. Mm. You know the flow yes. zone, <coughs> where you are in this state where where uh, uh, an athlete is, is going to run in, in his best way, uh, an artist is going to find the best music, you're going to write the best book, you're going to make the best speech, blah blah blah. They found out that the flow zone is triggered several things, but there, there's this threshold, there's these two things. It uh, it has to be more complex than what you do usually. Mm. Enough to challenge you, but not too much so it, it, it doesn't uh, 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 block you. Yeah. Uh, you have to find a way to, for you to trigger flow, to do something that's a little bit more challenging than what you usually, but not too much. Mm. And, and, and that's it. So maybe actually it's a good answer. Uh, <coughs> how, how, to, 
how to deal with gambling and how to make uh, gambling. It's funny to say it. I mean, regulator will hear us maybe laugh, but uh, <laughs> how to make gambling uh, an experience that make uh, a player grow. And uh, it will definitely go through, uh, you would say, a risk assessment or, or a, a wealth check, whatever. I mean, you know how much he has, how much he can dispose, and uh, how much he's willing to lose. And then you create this experience uh, around that. Yeah. I mean, I think there's uh, clear use cases and um, to, to show here why that is beneficial uh, in your life. I mean, uh, in the poker world, where I think it's very uh, interesting. Um, if you look at the format of playing a poker tournament, mm -hmm. you know, the WSOP in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. the buy-in is $10,000. Mm -hmm. Everyone puts in 10K, mm -hmm. uh, but only 10% of the play pool actually uh, gets into the money and right. wins something. And as you go deeper into the, right. the field, you win more and more money. Mm -hmm. So the psychology of poker tournaments is very interesting that's what i love in poker tournaments very very interesting you can't lose more than what you put on there except yes. if you want to do a rebuy if it's yeah. authorized but that's the beauty of it yes that's really beautiful but because the beauty that i see you know coming from that world as well is is that you are very much exposing yourself mm. in in the poker tournament who you really are so when i play a poker tournament and you get closer and closer to, to the money mm -hmm. Um, some people tend to become very, very risk averse, mm. right? So they don't dare to make the right bet. Okay. Isn't that interesting? Because you can have a hand and you know what the right thing is to do. You know what is going to increase your chances of making the most money that you can in the yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. But many, many, many players under that pressure choose to do the wrong thing purposely, you, which is to play safe. Right. So, right, so, right, so, right. so what that means is that if you are an unexperienced poker player and if you are risk averse as a, as a trait, mm -hmm. um, you will very likely play very tight as it is, is, the, is the name for, for that in poker tournaments. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas a proper po professional poker player uh, loves that situation in the poker tournament when you get closer to the money. Because that's when most people start playing way too tight for than what is optimal poker. Right. And the poker pros, that is when they take advantage of the uh, yeah. of the game. You create uh, opportunities by yeah. creating uncertainty. Actually, uh, again, what yeah. you said, uh, uh, vo uh, variability, vola volatility. You you, yeah. you 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 create this uh, event that wasn't predictable. Yeah. So what those poker players learn essentially as a human skill in life mm. is to basically face these very high risk, high reward situations mm -hmm. without having the stress of the and the weight of the decision weighing them down. So in that moment when they are close in the poker tournament to win a lot of money mm. or potentially lose everything, mm -hmm. they act without emotion. Right, and they, that's a, it's a skill that you learn from playing poker. Mm -hmm. Right, the, the more you do it, the better you become at it. Mm -hmm. uh, and and realizing that that you have to go against mm -hmm. this uh, this uh, feeling of like, oh my god, I if I do the wrong thing, I'm out. You know, mm -hmm. you have to take the chance. You know, and uh, so when they go into their careers, when they go into business life, and when they face life in general, mm -hmm. they can face these type of situations in life uh, with the same. Uh, with the same mindset, mm -hmm. right? The, and and they will have an edge in the in the business uh, world 
being less risk averse and being able to take the, the right decisions based on what the odds are or uh, uh, you know on the uncertain event and mm -hmm. so on and so forth mm -hmm. so you can easily make the argument that uh, playing poker for a long extensive period of time will, you, will teach you very valuable life I, lessons I see your point yes. but not even poker and look uh, uh, even slots <coughs> you go you play it hurts mm. you lost money come back in the real world you took your hit uh, it, it teaches you to to uh, not be uh, so dependent on on on, on losses, don't, don't don't to to be able to bounce back. Okay. Now one would argue, you know what? <coughs> I would prefer you to do that in the real business world and invest your money in uh, 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 whether it's in stocks, in Bitcoin, whatever, or, or, or even in a company, and do that with your business and don't gamble. And you 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 could argue that uh, big entrepreneurs they don't gamble. Uh, uh, Warren Buffett, yeah, actually, he may, he may gamble when, when when he invests money on the stocks. But uh, and now others they do. I, I think there is something about gambling that is about losing money, ab about taking the hit, about being able to get less sensible each time uh, uh, when that happened. But there is something about submitting yourself to a higher power accepting uh, uh, this uh, or could you say domination of something bigger because uh, at the end of the day we, we say in front la route tourne, the 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 wheel turns okay and life is a wheel and today you have your master of, of, of the of the city you're the you're, you're the king and something happened and tomorrow nothing you know, you lost your big house, you lost your big boats, you lost your cars, you lost your credit cards, you lost everything. And you just, just want to kill yourself or cry like a little baby. <laughs> no, get back on your feet. Start from the beginning, okay? And we'll do it again. And if we have to, we'll do it again. And that's... That's what maybe Monaco back in time and Las Vegas taught us in a way, in a kind of dirty way, hmm. because the, the population there, I mean, all these people that were in, in these cities, uh, the mobs, etc., etc., uh, they, they don't, I mean, they don't smell good, but that's, that's what he's telling us. And there is, again, something spiritual about it, I find. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I... I can completely see that uh, too, and it's it's a lot deeper than what meets the eye gambling. I think that's yes. uh, more the case on the in 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 today's world. Uh, to to a large extent, gambling is stigmatized and it's just seen as something mm -hmm. foreign for a lot of people, and without them realizing that uh, on a day-to-day -day life, uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, everything they do in life is a uh, gamble in one way or the exactly. other. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny, Alan Watts said something about that. He's talking about the jester. So the jester is this guy, badass motherfucker, we all see when when we take psychedelics. Mm. He's making fun of you, he's putting you down. It's like having uh, Rick Sanchez from uh, Rick and Morty inside you and judging you and looking at you and saying, you're a fucking monkey. You, you look at you, you're, you're, you're miserable, you're <laughs> a pathetic human being condition. You're nothing. Uh, 
I can make you die like that. And and the problem is that you take too seriously what I'm doing for fun. Okay, little piece of shit. And like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy, the jester, actually is not bad. He's not bad. He doesn't want you to feel bad. He just wants you to show you should laugh about shit. You should not take yourself so seriously. And when you catch him and you say, oh, you're the jester, you're, you're God, basically, because that's what he is. Hmm. No, 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 I'm nobody, you know. He's, he's making fun of himself. He doesn't want to show his power. He doesn't want to show his, you know. And uh, uh, I don't know what to say. It's the wild card in the game of cards. The jester is a wild card because he is every one of us. And that's how you match at the end gambling and, 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 and this uh, spiritual experience. What a beautiful way to end the podcast today, I think, with, uh, with the words of the jester, the archetype of Jung, I believe. Uh, yes, 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 completely. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of the yeah. archetypes. Yeah. Brilliant, uh, Alexander. This has uh, this has been quite uh, the trip, I must say today. <laughs> yeah, it was very very nice. Thank you for having me, actually, uh, Pia. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely, Alexander. This is uh, this is uh, the first time we do have this discussion on the podcast. It's mm. not the first time we have it in, in yeah. general. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> I think that uh, it's not going to be the last time we're. No, are, definitely we're not. <laughs> it's an ongoing talk. Yeah, it is, it is, and I think that it will never really uh, end, and I think we'll never really conclude the discussion in, in general, but uh, uh, always, like always, Alex, uh, diving deep uh, together is uh, just super fascinating, and, and uh, uh, I'm not sure if I'm in a dream or, uh, right now or uh, where I am, but uh, just like Alan Watts, I have uh, kind of uh, forgotten that uh, whatever it is, mm. uh, we are here right now yeah. and we are together, so... Yeah. Um, so you don't yeah. you don't know if you're the, you're the guy watching the 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 butterfly or if you're the, the the guy watching and imagining is a butterfly or if you're the butterfly watching the human imagining is a human. <laughs> exactly, Alex. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank and, you, Bia. Uh, take care of yourself. Okay. You too. All right. Ciao, Thanks, ciao. everyone. Bye bye. Bye.